to a novel evening, the podcast where I chat with fellow book lovers about their ideal night of fictional frivolities. My name is Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books, and I'm ever so excited because for this episode, I am joined by the wonderful writer Zoe Somerville. She is the author of The Night of the Flood, uh, a book which I absolutely adored, and her second novel. The Marsh House is due out in March of this year. I already have it on pre-order. I'm also very, very lucky that I'm going to be on the book tour uh, for The Marsh House. So check out my Instagram because nearer the release date, I'm going to be sharing lots more about it. So Zoe's going to be joining me. I'm going to uh, delve into her work and ask her some questions about both of her novels um, and what else she might be working on. Um, And she's going to share with me her novel evening. So a big hello to Zoe. Hello. Hello, Danny. How is your day going? Um, it's been pretty good. I went for a run, so I'm feeling quite holy, you know, mm. feeling good, which is helpful with my hangover. So <laughs> how do people have a hangover? How do you do that? It helps. It helps. It, yeah, it's very good at getting rid of all of it. So yeah. Next time I'm, so I'm going to do it and then I'm going to blame you entirely if I throw up yeah. somewhere on the... <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice at the beginning. It's not very nice at the beginning and then it gets much better. So yeah, okay. I'm really thirsty. So I'm drinking loads of water. So drinking yeah. loads. Hydrate. <laughs> Hydrate it away. I'm actually drinking yeah. cider that's out of shots. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is so loose. I love that. That's brilliant. That's, that's, that's really brilliant. It's Devon, Devon and Dorset born and bred so. yeah you have this the law I think, I, think I live in Somerset of course I should be drinking cider you should again it's the law so you're yeah. joining me to chat about your novel evening but first yes. I want to quiz you a little bit about your novels your uh-huh. novels that you have written so I read The Night of the Floods and I absolutely loved it it was just wonderful I really want to know, so I read a little bit about your inspiration, but where did this come from? How did it become a novel? It's a good question. And it feels like such a long time ago that I wrote it. It isn't that long ago, but it feels like it because I've got my head in other books since. Um, But looking back, I think what happened was I had an idea for the characters. Weirdly, they came first. I don't think that's always the case. Mm. Um, But I had Arthur and I had Muriel. So Arthur... But I had them as old people, so it's pretty odd, this. And then looking back to the 1950s when they were young, and then I must have been doing some research just on the early 50s and discovered about the flood, which, weirdly, I hadn't heard about. So the, the, the Night of the Flood is based on a real flood. Mm-hmm. Um, from It's explained in the book, but um, in the back, I think. Um, it was in 1953, and actually it was a January. It was very sort of near the anniversary now, actually. It's the 31st of January. It's a really cold, horrible evening, dark. And uh, this pretty catastrophic flood came down the North Sea and hit the Norfolk coast, which is where the book set, and went all the way around. And it was really bad in Essex as well. And anyway, it was really awful because lots of people died. Uh, lots of cattle and livestock were killed as well. And that was inspiration for setting it on a farm, partly. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that came, brought, sort of came together, you know, with this particular idea. So I was like, this flood hasn't been written about much. 
I think it's really interesting because of the sheer volume of you know we have a lot of floods now and I think maybe when I before I was writing and during loads of floods were happening and so I thought well actually this is a historical one and um, I wanted to show you sort of how how people were affected by it then which is very different to now actually because there were no early warning systems or anything like that and so I think loss of life was much greater that, that wouldn't happen now no. but but so but it's you know, so it still resonates, I think, with now because of because of the fact that we have so many, but also um, and the devastation of the land. So you know, lots of um, the farmland was destroyed, as well as um, and then you know people's yeah. lives lost, um, and then just the impact of it later on. And I think people on the coast um, still are, especially places like Norfolk, which are really low lying. I mm -hmm. think people are really aware of um, the potential for floods as I suppose people now are by rivers and things like yeah. that as well. But, you know, I was, this is a coastal flood. Um, and, the, you know, just the precariousness of life mm. it, it, somewhere like that. So then I, as I started doing more research, so a lot of the other ideas came to me, sort of the idea of the background of the Cold War as well. <laughs> so it was, it was partly research led in, in a way, if you know what I mean. Like I, and I think I find this with all the books I've written, that the more you dig in and delve in, the more ideas come and then you change your story. So yeah, that's I love the that. I was yeah. really surprised that I had never heard. Well, no, and you think so I'm from Norfolk. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it, <laughs> really. And then I think maybe I had, but I hadn't really thought about it at all. And that sounds awful, but I think, the people who really did know about it are either people who were there, which oh, I guess there aren't so many now because it was in the 50s, it would be much older, um, but also or people who actually lived in the places that were affected. And yes. I think beyond that, it wasn't, and it actually was one of the worst disasters, uh, you know, uh, um, peacetime disasters. But I think also late early 50s, it was a funny time, wasn't it? Because it was after the Second World War. So, so many worse, worse things had happened, I suppose. Like, you know, and I suppose, so I think it, you know, it disappeared from view a little bit, perhaps because of that as well. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's like you said, I don't know if you remember when uh, in Cornwall, Boscastle happened, there was yeah, a huge yeah. torrent of water. And I was talking yeah. to someone who's a fair bit younger than me, and I mentioned, oh, I was in Cornwall. And they said, yeah. what happened? And there's lines. Yeah. I was saying, you know, yeah. I think the lines on the wall, yeah. Yeah, people forget things so rapidly sometimes. I yeah, think. and that's funny because that also was, that happened in the internet age, didn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was that long ago. Um, but it's funny, it's, I suppose generational, you know, generationally things move on quite quickly. And unless they are in the public eye, um, for whatever reason, I mean, if you think about the 1953 flood, in, in some ways, because it happened before mass media, I mean, there was newspapers and it was obviously in the newspapers, but then things do get lost a little bit unless yeah. they're specifically remembered or written about um but I have to say see, obviously because I was writing about it I then discovered that on the anniversary a couple of the anniversaries I, I found some articles so people have written about it it's yeah. just still not as well known as perhaps some other things and yeah it's uh but I think it, the Boscast is a really interesting one there's been so many and the Mendits was a really bad yes, one yes that happened I think that was I can't remember the date now but that's quite near me but I and I think that happened um before I started writing I think it I'm sure in fact I'm certain it happened before I started writing so maybe it's 2010 something like that 
It might have even been, yeah, anyway. But there's I been loads. And actually, while I was writing, there was a terrible one in Yorkshire as well. Anyway, yeah, there's lots. I think what you captured in it is I think the hard thing with a flood is it's completely out of your hands. There's nothing, especially then, there's nothing you can do. And I think it's how slow it all started. That was, for me, the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You imagine the flood to be this huge thing, don't you? And actually, it's, it's not a tsunami, which is, yeah. uh, which obviously, get something else that happens, uh, unfortunately, quite a lot. Um, tsunamis are dramatic, aren't they? And they don't tend to happen in, in this country. It's floods. And even a, a surge like this is still it, the beginning in the natural order of things. It's just a large, a large series of waves and wind and a, and a high tide. So it's, it's a combination of factors. It's a high tide and you know, and spring, it's called the spring tides and it's gonna be a higher tide than normal. Okay, people are prepared for that, but this was bigger than normal. Yeah. And, but you're right, at the beginning, it's sort of the water just seeps in yeah, and it, it's sloshing around your ankles. Okay, that's okay. We can deal with that. And then it, and then it just keeps coming and keeps coming. And you know, so but unfortunately, because it can be slow and quick at the same time, and it can be it. It was because it was cold as well. Yes, it was really dangerous because people would sort of climb up to roofs and things like that. And then, but the cold got to them, and sometimes, or yeah. a, a, sometimes a wave also. Took them away. I mean, there's there's lots of horrible stories. I I read, obviously, some really awful stories about it, but <clears throat> I haven't included all the things that I read because yeah. I, you know, that would have been it would have been very difficult to read. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a story to tell as well. So yes. Yeah. So your next novel, The Marsh House, yeah. is out in March. So congratulations. Yeah. That's really, really exciting. I know, I keep calling it The March House because I'm getting confused because I keep <laughs> saying it's out in March, March House. It's very similar sounding. Marsh House. So yeah. that's also set in Norfolk. It is. Was that deliberate? Did you want to sort of write in the same way? No, did it just happen? Um, yes and no. I think I hadn't... Um, the idea had come to me before I had finished or you know I've, before the before the night of the flood was published yeah. I'd already um written more or less or wow. not finished but I'd already written a draft of this so <clears throat> I think what happened was sorry I need to cough <laughs> sorry <laughs> while I was researching the night of the flood I was in Norfolk and it occurred to me that a lot of the um sorry gosh something back of my throat um a lot of the um, have a drink if you need to <laughs> yeah I will actually I was having a little bit but mm, this always happens on audio doesn't it um alive um yeah <clears throat> a lot of the setting of the night of the flood is for me kind of like intrinsically spooky yes it's quite it's quite a weird landscape and I and also I've written a very watery novel and I have to say I've written another quite watery novel hey. and I suppose so they do follow on from each other in some ways and I, I definitely was inspired because there's there's quite a bit of marsh in the night of the flood actually yes, different marsh. it's a different marsh but there's loads of there's loads of salt marshes all the way along the coast <laughs> as there is in you know Suffolk and Essex and, yes. and so on and other places in the country but I particularly there it's very flat there's a lot of sky there's the sea the sky and the marsh and they're all very flat yeah. but they all merge together and um mists can roll in and be really deceptive mm -hmm. and make you think you're 
somewhere safe and it's not and things like that and tides can come in and mist can come in and that is really quite scary and dangerous and I thought that is a brilliant location for a ghost story um so that's what started that off Amazing. and then I had loads of other inspirations coming into it as well so it's quite a different so this is kind of a spooky kind of a, a bit of an eerie story it is very it's it's much more spooky and eerie that it's um about a a young woman with her daughter going to this house and it's about what she finds there I mean and it you can tell from the blurb actually that so I'm not giving anything away she finds um something that leads her to go back to the 1930s so the story is half set in the beginning of 19 no, not the beginning the end of 1962 Christmas 1962 right. when there was a snow um storm right in fact it was called the big freeze it was a long period of snow uh going all the way into 1963 uh, it's one of the coldest winters in Britain and in real life and uh, I haven't made that one up <laughs> and um, and then it goes back to the 1930s and um, what was going on in the house at the time in the 1930s. Ooh. So it's a dual timeline. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving me a little bit of like the shining vibes with like the snow and being like snowed yeah. in and you've got the cold. Oh, I love the shining. Actually, do you know, I haven't even thought about that until you've said that. And I love the shining. Wow, that's a that's a great one. I'm going to use that. That's really good. Oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that gives me that. Not <clears throat> being again being snowed in. You are so stuck. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And I can't imagine being stuck in a building that is also quite scary. Yeah. So it's it, it, there's there is quite a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of um, yeah. I very wintry, oh, very chilly, okay. very icy um, vibe to it. Um, but the 1930s bit is not wintry. So it's a real, the 60s is completely in that time. Um, and the 30s, go, uh, it covers about a few years. I, I, li I cannot wait to read it. I'm actually on the book tour for it. Yeah, I was wondering if you were. That's great. Good news. I am. I can't wait. I'm really, really excited. And I love how different it sounds to The Night of the Fly. Yeah, it is quite different. It's a really different um, focus. It's much more, um, because actually The Night of the Third, I had um men male and female characters quite evenly in space and this is very female um because there's another character in it who's an old lady who um well there's there it is there's my proof so it's got an amazing <laughs> cover look at that it's the cover amazing. is gorgeous I have also <laughs> I love the cover and obviously I know the proofs yeah. don't have the, the glorious cover I know so. proofs aren't as nice are they proofs never are really but, but yeah no, no, early is very nice I do like the yeah, <laughs> I don't oh, I'm very grateful for any proofs that I get done but it, it, there is something lovely about a real book isn't there I and are you yeah, working on anything else have you so yeah I've already written my third novel but it's I say this, I haven't finished it at all. It's uh, it's with my agent at the moment. So she's been reading it. Oh and that that is also set in Norfolk. I know. I am from there. I'm inspired by the setting. So it is it's set again, it's set in a different part, but on the coast again. Uh, but a very different coastline by cliffs. I don't want to say too much about that because that hasn't actually um, even vaguely been finished. So it's exciting. Sure. Oh yeah. Well. 
fingers crossed I look forward to yeah I know I know I just uh, that one has got quite a bit more work to do before it uh, before it's out there but just just, it's this it's still early 20th century that one so they're kind of even though they're not you know they're not triplets they're kind of mismatches they're you know not linked but yeah they are definitely um definitely overlaps in terms of my um sort of what I'm thinking about as well I suppose yeah Cool. Thank you very much for sharing. And let's chat about your your novel evening while you're here. So yes. I'm really excited to see what you've come up with. So yes, to are remember we having what a, is it a party that you're having, or are we just going for a couple of people? I yeah, I was actually. Do you know what? I hadn't thought that one through, but I think it's a dinner party. Okay. Um, which makes me sound very grown up. But I actually I do love a dinner party. I've got to be honest. Not a, not one with loads of people. I like a small one. Basically, I like to eat. I like to eat and I like to have some drinks and a few. No, it's just a few. And, uh, you know, and chat, basically. I like That's my favourite evening, ultimately. I don't have to do anything else. It, maybe a bit of dancing, but, you know, generally just chatting. is that. And music, that's good too. So where are we going for your evening? Where are we going? I thought, let's stay true to my current brand, which is very Norfolk-based. I am actually going to move away from Norfolk at some point, but um, I, because um, I actually don't live there. I live in Bath, so it's a bit ridiculous that I'm from there. So it, it's, it, you know, it's in my head. But um, I I thought, do you know what? We need to go to a windmill, I've decided. Um, and there is one that you can stay in. There's more than one you can stay in, actually. There's a lighthouse you can stay in in Norfolk. Oh, wow. I need to do that. I haven't done that. But there's um, Clay Windmill um, is in the village of Clay. Or is it Cly? I think it might be pronounced Cly. Um, and it's next to Blakeney. It's not far from some other. It's anyway, it's on that coastline. Okay. And it's a really beautiful windmill. And the marsh is uh, next to it. And then you can, the sea and the village. And yeah. So I think it should be there. Beautiful. That's a, yeah. that's a fabulous idea. That's a lovely sound. Yeah. I've never been for a dinner party in a windmill. <laughs> no, nor have I. And so I thought, gosh, let's do that. That would be fun. Yeah. I'd like to go to a dinner party. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so a dinner party. Maybe we should arrange this. <laughs> it should happen more often. I know. Why are we just in a house, in a lighthouse? Why, why hasn't somebody invited me to a dinner party in a windmill? I know I'm feeling a little, you know, a bit sad. So who is your first guest? Who are you inviting? Shirley Jackson. Um, I, have you read Shirley Jackson's book? I haven't, and you're the second ah! person to come in and say it and to tell me how oh. incredible she is. You will like her, I think. She's very strange. Um, so Shirley Jackson was an American woman. She's dead now, but she was mostly writing, in, I think, around the fifties, actually. Which is, yeah. and I started reading her. I hadn't read any before, but when, when I was thinking about this book, The Marsh House, that is. Yeah. I started reading Shirley Jackson. I think I'd read, she's got a really famous story called The Lottery, which is really (laughs) dark, really dark. And I had read that before, but I hadn't read anything else. And so I went and bought a few of her books um, and read them before I, um, what or while I think I was writing The Marsh House. So her famous books are um, The Haunting of Hill House. It was made into a Netflix series, although I didn't really like the Netflix series because it was nothing really like the book, but it's a very very famous. I didn't watch it because I was too scared. (laughs) Oh, and me too. And actually that's the irony of all this. I find that sort of thing really scary, really scary. But the original Haunting of Hill House is is much more, um, it was really different anyway. And it, but it's a really classic, 
haunted house novel. It's the most classic haunted house novel, really. It's incredible. And it's very spooky, beautifully written. And she it's just very odd. But the other book that I love is called We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Someone has just reviewed that and it sounded incredible. That is my one of my favourite books. Um, I love that. It's so weird. And so just dark. And the character you would love, she's, I've forgotten her name now. She called Catherine or something. I can't remember. My mind's gone blank. But she's um, she's very odd and strange. And uh, she's got a system. Yeah, it's very sad. And it, it's sort of sad as well. And then and there's a couple of others that I've read as well. But um, yeah, Hangs Man, that's another one. And there's a few more, but um, I need to get to. But she's definitely coming. And I, I've also watched a film about her called Shirley. And it had... Um, Oh, Elizabeth Moss as her. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she is. And it was an amazing film. And it was on, it's on Curzon. It's not on Netflix, unfortunately, or anything like that. Um, but it's really good film. It's really quite a weird film. But it's about Shirley, her, Shirley Jackson yeah. and kind of her life. She, she lived in a, a college town um, with her husband, who was a professor. But he's a bit of a nightmare. And... Um, it's sort of, a, and so, so she actually in some ways as well. And it, it's about a very dysfunctional, you know, life. That, yeah. But she had, you know, she had children. She, um, w- w- about whom she felt very conflicted. And she was a really interesting person. She made me great to conversations, be able to like pick her I brain. Think so. I think there might be some mess though. I think she, I think, you know, goodness knows. I, don't, I, I sort of feel like it might be a bit of a disaster as well. But it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be a fun disaster. So who's coming to join us with Shirley and, and us? Um, well, Shirley, and I was going to, I was thinking I'd quite like Daphne du Maurier to come um, because who wouldn't like to meet Daphne du Maurier? I, I grew up reading her books. I really loved them as a sort of teenager. And um, we used to go down to Cornwall every holiday and we stopped. Have you read Jamaica? Have you read Jimmy I haven't in. read I haven't that. read it it's on my list to read yeah that's so that was what I read as a teenager and that's um very sort of it's you know sort of melodramatic it's about yeah. the Cornish moor and stomping across the moor and um uh and it's just a love story and and so on but it's again quite dark so that's smuggling yeah. and things. um but I used to make our family stop it there's a real Jamaica in involved me as you drive down you can yep. stop I used to make them go there all the time and then I you know we'd go there's other places in Cornwall that are very just so you could stand as a teenager on bottom yeah. of the door and <laughs> feel you know feel dramatic um imagine myself as Daphne um and yeah I think and actually more recently so I reread Rebecca yeah, again read it recently. Recently. loved it again um in fact I loved it I think I liked it more actually um because it's sort of you forget bits don't you and when you're a kid you don't remember things so we read Rebecca recently and then also I've I read her short stories again around the time I was reading the Marsh House I read um some of her short stories and she wrote um Don't Look Now which is um a really brilliant short story that was made into a really brilliant really terrifying film 
in the 60s with Julie Christie and people I like have that. heard of it I have heard of Donald it Sutherland yeah so highly recommend that film you can find a version of it so it's probably on YouTube actually <laughs> and yeah everything's on YouTube and um the story I I don't think I'd read it before so I went ahead and read that and then there's some others and I absolutely loved them and I don't think I really realized that she was such a brilliant short story writer in fact I don't think I even knew she was a short story writer I didn't know that she wrote the birds someone was reviewing it I didn't realize that's another one isn't it and that's really terrifying so there's another thing about Daphne du Maurier that I think you sort of forget that she well I suppose Rebecca's really famous for being gothic masterpiece but and it is very spooky actually but then she's all she also wrote sort of kind of slightly romantic novels Frenchman's Creek and Jamaican and things like that but actually she was um, a bit of a master mistress of um, the un- uncanny and and uh, you know spooky stories so I I would really like her to come I think Shirley and Daphne might get on oh I think they'd get on very well I think yeah. it's a very cool gathering so far I'm excited yeah you know who I've just thought of, who I'd like to invite as well? I was thinking Agatha Christie should come because she was down in Devon as well. So she's down in Devon. Uh, Shirley's American, but that's okay. And then um, Daphne's in Cornwall. And yeah. I live in so, Agatha Christie's hometown. I live, yeah. <gasps> Do you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is I live in Bay. Where is it? Where is it? So I'm in Torbay, so Paynton, uh, Torquay and Brixton. Yeah, is that where she was from? Yeah, it's her house. It's the house. I've never been there. I yes, Greenway House. Greenway. I've been they open on very weird days and weird times, Isn't but it, it is open to the public and you can go yeah. there. It is on my I list. Do that. It's on my I think list. there's some hotels you can visit that she used to stay and do writing mm. as well. There's quite a few around here, but yeah, yeah. she... And I just want to know about her disappearance. I've just read a yes. book about it. Yes. Yo, have you read the book? Is it called The Christie Affair? Affair? So good. Yeah, it looks good. Is it good? Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Actually, I, would, I think I would like that because um, actually there was a TV programme about um, yeah. Agatha Christie, wasn't there? So I quite enjoyed that. And um, so Agatha Christie is um, a, was my, first, well, sort of first adult sort of books that I read on when I was really young I read them about ten, age 10. Oh my goodness <laughs> I know I was a bit obsessed I was obsessed with her she go to jumble sales and just buy loads and loads and loads of Agatha Christie's and so um uh, and read them from in the library as well and I absolutely loved them and I haven't really read them much as an adult but um in the Marsh House one of the characters is a massive Agatha Christie fan I love so that. lots of the books are mentioned and I, I you know I put it in there because uh, there is mystery in the book mm-hmm. and I, it's not I don't think it's like an Agatha Christie at all it's not a murder mystery in that sense but there is a mystery to it and I and the atmosphere of the 1930s which is when she started writing them yeah her first books came out in the late 20s I did a bit of research about it and so I I there's I've sort of channeled a little bit of that in into the book as well so I think Agatha Christie should definitely be there oh that would be such a trio as well I know I'm just thinking I think that might be the perfect trio I don't need don't need anybody else that's all you know you got us Got Agatha a couple of drinks in. She might tell us what happened in those 11 days. She might. I think, yes, yeah, she might. And uh, I think, yeah, and uh, yeah, there'd be some interesting stories. There would, there would be. And the question I ask everyone, is there anybody you would not invite to your evening? Yes. 
all of their husbands. They all sounded pretty awful. Yes, I know. <laughs> Literally, it's really quite actually. I can't. Did Daphne Tamari have it? I don't know about Daphne. I don't know who her husband was. I don't really. It's better if we just don't invite her husband anyway. But it's not. But because I know that Shirley's Shirley Jackson's husband sounded awful, and so, maybe just of his time. I don't know. But I think he had affairs and things. Oh, she certainly suspected he did. Yeah. And Agatha Christie's husband, from what I understand, was a bit mean and not great. He's not portrayed he probably, well in the Christie. He's not portrayed well. <laughs> well, quite. I don't know. Again, I don't know whether it's true, but certainly um, in, the, in, uh, in the fictional versions, he doesn't yes. come across well. And from what I've read, I tend to go down Wikipedia rabbit holes of just yes. reading oh, about various people. Whenever I've read about any of their husbands, they just don't sound great. No, I thought myself it's time, isn't it? And also, I think partly if you've got a very successful wife, maybe that's a bit threatening to certain men. Oh, I, especially at that time period, that would right. have been... Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and, and you know, and, and maybe that wasn't the case for all of the successful female writers, but I suspect it was the case for, for some, and yeah. I mean, Shirley Jackson was a mother, and she, you know, that's yeah. in America at that time as well. That's a really conflicting Yes, and that's... One of the things that about her that's so interesting is that she really, she's very dark and in her writing. And there's a lot of um, ambivalence about that, the sort of perfect wife image. You can imagine. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, in a lot of her books that kind of, um, apparently she, I haven't read this, but she wrote a book um, that was sort of, oh gosh, was, Among the Savages it's called. And it's oh. a sort of, um, uh autobiography of some sort I think oh, and that's about her experience of being a mother I think I mean I'm sure at the time in even to some degree now to have a, a wife and a mother and you know someone who's especially you know like you say a professor and a teacher and a lecturer and what have yeah. you writing like gothic horror as well not just yeah sweet books that you know were quite palatable yeah yeah really tough. so I, I'd like to go and read Among the Savages that would that would be a good I think if she ever did you know obviously she's just not unfortunately able to come to if that was possible I would definitely want to read that as a background you know so I could I knew what I was dealing with <laughs> oh do you know what I I love this I think I say this for everyone who comes on but this would be one of my perfect <laughs> gatherings I would love I to see I would just want to sit and watch them interact well, exactly. I don't think we'd have to get involved much. I, it would be very interesting. All, all these, these, these giants of, um, yeah, really quite dark. Yeah, I mean, like Christie's interesting, isn't she? Because although she she wrote things, you know, sort of cozy mysteries. Yeah, obviously there's a hideous, hideous, hideous darkness in there as well. Oh, and then um, there were none. I know, you know, that's oh, a really know, that one story. That is a really dark one, isn't it? And really then was, I think that was one of her really creepy ones <laughs> thank goodness Rachel yeah, Taylor in the uh, in the adaptation brightening yeah. things up a bit oh, I know I, that wasn't that good that was such a good adaptation oh amazing amazing do you ever think about when you're kind of writing do you ever think about an adaptation of your books do you ever sort no, of, I, I, I really don't actually. I really don't and I I I think that would be odd because you can't really write a novel expecting anything because then you'd be writing it more like a script wouldn't you yes. I suppose yeah screen, screenplay um and people ask you you know oh wouldn't it be and uh, or they start to say people say oh I can imagine it as a a TV series yeah. or a film or something, and and that's really flattering and lovely because it means that they can imagine 
they're visualizing it they visualize it. It. yeah yeah but no, I haven't even, I haven't given it any thought. I, I Obviously, that's a, it's a bit of a dream for writers because, you know, it just, it's more readers, isn't it? Well, readers. <laughs> Viewers, readers, you know, it means your story is getting... It means it's reaching people, doesn't it? If people right, are watching that's any what story. I meant. Yeah, your exactly. story is reaching and I, people. It's all you want, really, is you want to be able to reach people. And it's, it's, it's difficult to reach people sometimes because there's so yeah. many books. And there's so many good books as well. Really? That, yeah, exactly. So, gosh, uh, you know, obviously an adaptation would be amazing. That we'll That's the question I'd like to ask those three ladies as well, is what they think of the many adaptations yeah. of all of their oh. work. Yes, that's a really good point because they've that all had so many. Oh, so many. So many, actually, especially Agatha Christie, I suppose. Oh, so, so many, so, so many. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's really good. That's a great question. What a fun. I'll have to, if I ever get the chance to. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, unfortunately. <laughs> we just can't ask. Oh, well, to be fair, this would be a kind of, this would fit in with my third book, which has got seances in it. What we need to do is do a seance. There you go. And then we'd, we could get Agatha and Shirley and... Also, Definitely. I love a book about a seance. I'm very, now you've mentioned that, I'm very excited. Sorry, I've just put that one in there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's about, well, it's about spiritualism after the um, First World War. Oh, there was so, such a, um, I don't know if you've read yeah, the Spirit, was... Spirit Engineer. Was oh, very I haven't that. I need to read that, yeah. Really good, very sort of similar vibes. But there was just, yeah. I think this was after the Titanic. And there was a yeah. big resurgence of people desperately, mm. you yeah, know, trying, trying to get to, home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm very interested now. It was, and after the First World War, it was a similar kind of thing, only on a grander scale, really, because yeah. um, many people had died. Excited to hear uh, to hear that. So you've dropped a little hint there, which yeah, I'm very excited. I have. I need to stop doing that though, because you know who knows what it's definitely going to have a séance in it. It's definitely, gonna, and it is about that. It's about sort of post post second post First World War. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I've gone a little bit earlier, and then I go on. Brilliant. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today and giving up some of your afternoon to, uh, to chat with me. So Zoe's new book, The Marsh House, is out. Is it the 5th of March? 3rd of March. 3rd of March. 3rd of the 3rd. It will be out Yeah, third of the You can pre-order it on Waterstones. I'm sure you can pre-order it. The usual. All over, all the usual. So go and uh, go and check it out. Thank you so, so much. It's been really lovely. It's been so nice to chat to chat to you. Really good. Oh. Lucky Land Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.